0: Today's episode is brought to you by Stone Toad Menasha. The Stone Toad Bar and Grill is a phenomenal location. Whether you are looking for a Friday fish fry or Sunday chicken dinner, or wanting to grab a few drinks, some appetizers, and catch a few sporting events on their wall of televisions, you are missing out if you have not visited Stone Toad. They have a beautiful private space that seats upwards of 200 people to accommodate any event, banquets, corporate meetings, class reunions, birthday parties, anniversaries, life celebrations, and more. Stop in before January 31st and be the first of five people to mention Bad Human to receive $10 off any purchase of $25 or more. We personally love the Stone Toad and can't say enough about them. Stone Toad Manasha, make sure you check it out. Hi, True Crime family. I'm Kay Mack. And I'm The Answer. And this is Bad Human. Hello, True Crime fam. Welcome to Bad Human, a true crime podcast where we discuss those humans that reside at the bottom of the morality bell curve. Way at the bottom. Before we get started, we want to just read a review that someone published that really made us feel very good. And, uh, you know, we really appreciate anybody who takes the time to leave a review or a rating. This came from Lucky6775girl, accurate reporting plus entertaining. Mm. So I just discovered this podcast and so glad I did. I listened to the Daryl Brooks highlights from court, even though I followed the case in court every day. And because I did, I will say these shows have been 100% accurate. Mm -hmm. As much as I appreciate, everyone knows how the fuck I feel about that guy. Mm -hmm. As much as I appreciate the accuracy, I enjoyed the opinion of DB even more. They had me laughing out loud more than once. This case is so heartbreaking and so infuriating that the humor is very much appreciated. I am so glad I found this podcast. There we go. Well, thank you, lucky6775girl. If you're listening, send us a message uh, on our Instagram which is at Bad Human Pod. If you're not following, you should be.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Or email us at badhumanpodcast and we will figure out how to get you your own Bad Human swag. Boom. I'm sure everyone who follows us on Instagram knows I'm losing my fucking mind this morning over the Idaho murder case. There's a press conference in 2 hours and I am on pins and needles. I have my theories. Even after the press conference, would love for you all to go to our Instagram page and comment on our post about the case and hear what you thought, what you're thinking. My mind is pretty blown right now, and we'll see what unfolds, but Mm -hmm. a lot of shit is going down. And finally, I want to give a shout out to the monocle because we know it drives Cass crazy every time he's mentioned. And so (laughs) you are welcome, Cass, and shout out to our loyal listener, the monocle in Mm -hmm. Australia. Today's case is not a new case, but there has been some recent development. This guy also is just a total douche canoe that we're going to talk about today. No, I'm not going to try to be objective on this one. This guy sucks at life and is literally like a skid mark on society.
1: Oh, even better.
0: On September 11th, 2017, a torso was found floating in the oshawa lakefront so we're going up to Canada. Oh, shout out right. to our canadian friends
1: lovely neighbors to the north
0: a grandpa and his 11 year old grandson had seen something bobbing in the water when they were fishing and upon looking closer realized it was a human torso what was even worse like that's not bad enough that you're out there trying to spend some time with your grandson and a human torso floats there were no organs in the body it had been completely disemboweled. oh great an autopsy would be done, and they would not be able to um, even derive at a cause of death because you literally have like this torso yeah, with just like no that. organs. However, in November 2017, they finally ID'd the body as belonging to 18-year-old Rory Hayes. Mm. A little bit about her. Her granddad was the founder of a Satan's Choice motorcycle club <laughs> and boxed for Canada. Her uncle was a hell's angel. So this is the kind of person that you don't want to mess with. Yeah, very much so. (laughs) People had said that she was a sweet girl, a kind girl. She did struggle with demons. She did have a Mm -hmm. drug addiction. Unfortunately, meth was her drug of choice. She had also been homeless for a point, but her mom even said that she was really trying to get her shit together. She had said in the last six months before clearly her torso was found and later we're going to get to... Where the rest of her is found. Um, but her mother had said that upon her going missing and then eventually, unfortunately being found deceased the six months prior, she'd really worked to turn things around. She'd returned to school. She had a job. Um, she was working on getting her own apartment. She was uh, supposedly seen as someone who, and a kid named Tony, they seemed to be in a good place. Her mom was quoted as saying, I spoke to her or saw her every day. In August, she told me that she thought she was pregnant and was mm. determined to keep the baby. I told her to do another test, but I support her choice.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Also leading up to her disappearance, so Rory was reported as missing in late August, early September. Even her cousin had said that when he saw her in the end of August, right before she vanished, there appeared to be like something on her mind, but she didn't want to talk about it didn't say much so again she goes missing end of august early september and the last time she was seen was that her friends had dropped her off in er a friend and her mom had dropped her off at the emergency room apparently rory was in the er it said she wanted to see a doctor about getting some prescription medication she left though before she was actually seen Hmm. september 11th then fast forward this torso is found floating in November, they ID the body through a match, right, uh, belonging to her. Police, I'm not going to shit on the police. Everyone knows I feel how I feel, right? Mm-hmm. I respect law enforcement, but I do think they make mistakes.
1: Just like anybody else. This
0: is some pretty, like, random luck. Like, they didn't have to look too far for the rest of Rory in this case to basically kind of fall into their laps. On December 29th, 2017... So about a month or so after finding the torso, police received a call from a pair of plumbers. The plumbers had been hired by tenants on the main floor of an apartment. There was the apartment main floor and then the basement was rented out to somebody separate. Okay. To unclog the drains. They had just moved in four days before on Christmas Day.
1: Oh, Merry Christmas.
0: The neighbors had been complaining that the pipes and the sewer were backed up. Um, They apparently had had enough. Turns out that the individual living in the basement, which we'll get to this troll in a second, had at one point introduced himself to the neighbors upstairs, asked to borrow a snake um, to open the drain. He told them that it was an inflated condom that had gotten stuck in the pipes. I don't know what kind of protection you're using, Mm -hmm. but that's that has to be like a Kevlar like bulletproof condom. Very much so. <laughs> I don't know where the pleasure factor falls in. If you're using a condom that, like, it's is supposed to be like 99 percent
1: safe, right? Well, I guess this is their way of doing that.
0: I guess, like, but like to say that literally an inflated condom is causing not only the plumbing, but then eventually the sewers were getting backed up, yeah. and so this is the neighbors finally had had enough. But I just I can't imagine. I'm Can you imagine someone like Magnum? If you lived in an apartment complex and someone said that one of their, their ball caps that had been uh, <laughs> filled up was blocking the sewer. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, basically, the neighbors had enough. They called the plumbers. The plumbers had tried to first just kind of peruse the situation, right, looking in the upstairs apartment, upstairs apartment where David Wood and his family lived. Eventually, they said, we need to go down to the basement and see what's going on down there. So they did go down to the basement. Um, <clears throat> they started to snake it, and the plumber could not get rid of the blockage. And before we get into what they eventually were able to pull out of the plumbing, this apartment was disgusting.
1: Oh, man. Awesome.
0: He lived there for 14 years, and it's one of those things. Never that met
1: I f- a broom he liked?
0: I feel like you could smell the apartment through the photos. Mm. It's like one of those, like there's just like ashtrays full of like, you know, old like cigs, just shit everywhere, dirty dishes. It, it just, it, it was disgusting. It looked like a landfill. The plumber first went to the kitchen to try from that angle. And all while he's doing this, the tenant, which is Adam Strong, right, who okay. we're going to get to, is pacing, you know, freaking out. He's clearly a little unnerved. I mean, you should just be embarrassed that you literally live in a shithole. Yeah.
1: I don't think he's embarrassed by that one bit.
0: I think he's worried about <laughs> what's about to happen next. The plumbers asked him where the toilet was, and they saw he'd removed the toilet. <laughs> so there was no toilet.
1: Oh, yeah. Eliminate the middleman. Just and go right in the hole.
0: Den of shit. Eventually, he was able to start pulling out from the pipes what looked like a fleshy, meaty substance. Mm. The plumber said he pulled out like a 13 to 14 inch long piece of what looked like skin. Oh, and was about 10 to 15 pounds in weight. And they got the fuck out of that apartment.
1: Oh yeah. I would they run. went
0: outside and immediately called 911. Mm. I did listen to the 911 tape and the plumber, you can tell he's like, I don't get paid enough for this shit. Yeah. He's like, I don't know it's the holidays we're probably busy i'm sure they're busy and he is like i don't know what you want us to do right now but i'm sitting out here with a grocery bag full of like what looks like to be 15 pounds of a 14 inch long piece of like skin and flesh the first police officer constable kevin park shows up around eight so remember the plumbers have been there for an hour or two and the weather, I read, like, the, the weather was so bad outside, and the plumbers still were just like, uh-uh. Like, we'd rather yeah. be out in these torrential rains and, like, risk getting hit by lightning in our van <laughs> than be in the basement. When Constable Park arrived, he met the plumbers outside. They showed him the shopping bag full of what they had pulled from mm-hmm. the drains. And the constable said, I had never seen anything like this before. I wasn't sure and immediately called for backup.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm surprised he didn't call for backup right away.
0: Well, I mean, I think it was probably a pretty quick process. Like, hi, are you said plumber? Yeah. Oh, this is what you pulled out? Okay. Please hold. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they stood on it for too long.
1: Well, I know, but I would have, like, had backup right away, not just one cop show up. I would have had, like, multiple right away.
0: Yeah. I mean. Is what I'm saying. Easy to say.
1: Hindsight 2020.
0: At that point, four officers showed up, and then they all went down into the basement apartment together Again, where, as I said earlier, tenant Adam Jeffrey Strong lived. As I said, he lived there for 14 years, and it looked like it. Park said, Constable Park said that when they walked down there, literally the first thing Adam said to them was, okay, you got me. The gig's up. Um, It's a body. You want the rest of her? She's in my freezer. She's being defleshed. The cops walked down the first... you got me. <laughs> Psych, son of a bitch. I um, Wow. Well, at least he didn't try to fight it. Yeah. So police eventually, like, they, they started to scour the apartment a little, right? But they're not forensic. So mm-hmm. they, they're like, okay. So at that point, they essentially charged him with improper or indecent interference with a corpse. Because they haven't, first of all, they haven't searched the entire apartment yet, yep. right? But he's admitted to them that his body parts, that yep. he's trying to but they can't prove he killed anybody. So their job at that point was just to get him out of there. When the police arrived to start actually scouring the apartment, they immediately noticed what looked like an explosive package. Neighbors were told to leave and they had to literally have the bomb squad come. So they couldn't search the the residents after they found this neighbors had to leave. The bomb squad came in like hurt locker style Mm -hmm. and had to take it outside and then they had to actually like blow it up in a controlled explosion, and it turned out to be a pipe bomb.
1: Oh, even better!
0: Yeah. So what in the hell was this guy doing? Sorry, our dog is Charlotte. So sure While police then, so after that happened, right? They blew up the pipe bomb. Now they're able to actually start to investigate this crime scene, which oh mm-hmm. the pictures. And there's a lot of um, really good documentaries. That chapter, our friend Mike, we love him. Mm -hmm. Like he covered it. That there's more visuals to this. So you know, feel. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail, but basically, when they were searching the apartment, first of all, there was blood all over the crime scene, found on the walls, found on the bed in his room. Inside a freezer chest, police found a dead raccoon, human remains, including a head that had a tattoo behind the ear that. Rory had so they kind of knew mm. right then and there but obviously they wanted to conduct Do right, their due diligence but the tattoo kind of gave it away they found the pipe bomb we talked about they found a the garbage bag that had two human arms in it two femurs that had been defleshed oh, the hands though were still intact there was a garbage bag that had lower legs and feet and, and not to be graphic but like defleshed mm. obviously that's what he had been trying to
1: accomplish Right, flush, oh, and then flush, yeah,
0: so de flush literally means he'd peeled the flush off mm-hmm. of it and was trying to then flush that in the toilet, which who what kind of plumbing system do you have do you think you have
1: well he he knew it wasn't good enough, that's why he ripped the toilet off the and wall, it was an off old the floor.
0: house, too, and listen, we. <laughs> I'm not, we we all have our digestive days, okay? Like, and mm-hmm. we, you know, we got some strong plumbing, but, like, to think that you're going to literally flush that down the toilet, I don't know. This guy, wait till we get to the interrogation. You just want to punch this guy in his mouth. They also found the garbage bag that contained a pelvis. Again, I talked about the head that had the tattoo alive behind the ear, and then additional um, bags of flesh, and then a bucket of flesh strips. Ugh. Forensic investigators who searched his home also discovered what's called a Wyoming knife, and they had that tested, and this is when things started to take a bit of a turn. The Wyoming knife had DNA and blood on it, but it was not Rory's. It was an unknown person and Adam Strong's. So now they're thinking, okay, which we'll get into that in a little bit, about whose DNA that was. Before we get into the interrogation, let's talk about This complete shit stain on humanity. At the time of this, Adam Strong was, I have read, about 45 years old. He had worked at times as a security guard on movie sets, although he'd been fired. This is super creepy. During the trial, one of her friends, Rory's friends, had a photo that they had taken. It was being filmed in their hometown, and they had gone to the set to watch it being filmed. And Adam was working as a security guard. And there's a photo that the friends had taken, and he's in the background.
1: Oh, geez.
0: Yeah. He also worked at a gas station, probably got fired from there. Hopefully. He loves swords and knives. <laughs> he owned a boat um, that he apparently was out on quite a bit, which clearly we know one day he was out there because he was Run dropping a, a torso. torso. He was really into porn and BDSM. I tried to find it, and I couldn't find the. I think I'm sure they probably took it down at this point but he had like a page where he literally would give reviews of like different pornos and really give feedback. Like, you know, Oh, that.
1: Oh, so he's really in depth. He was like the Siskel and Ebert of porn.
0: Those handcuffs probably wouldn't be as effective as this model or like this spreader bar should have been used instead of this. So only one thumbs up. He was a, he believed to be a real expert when it came to, he was like the rotten tomatoes of, Mm The pornography industry. Apparently, he would post on Facebook about how he got new whips and chains. Mm. Like you know how we post photos about like oh out to dinner. Like he would post like got my gag ball.
1: Yeah, I mean maybe maybe that was one that you saw the collar and nipple clamps or trying to sell on on marketplace.
0: Marketplace. Which, if that's your jam, which I purchased by
1: the way,
0: and we've talked about this. If that's your thing, no harm, no foul, as long as it's consensual. Yeah. And doesn't result in murder and dismemberment. Mm-hmm. He had terrible luck with the women. No fucking shock there. What? Apparently his thought ex. thought he was
1: a regular Romeo.
0: Apparently his ex had cheated on him. What people say is when he kind of lost it. We'll get to this in the trial. But women had said that he was abusive and controlling would force himself on women. Ugh.
1: Ah, regular of Le
0: Pew. Oh, this guy is fucking nasty. So let's talk about the interrogation. First of all, the, and I've watched hours of interrogation tape, A, for research, but, but B, because it literally is so enthralling to see that. That's okay. I'm not going to have time to edit it, so just keep your shit together. The answer just headbutted his microphone while trying to pet the dog so she doesn't lose her shit. In the interrogation, he was calm AF, and he was quoted as saying, there's no way you were getting around that I chopped her up. He said that he was sitting in the basement, wondering if he was going to get away with it when he saw that the plumbers had been called. He said at one point he thought about running, but he said, whatever, let's see what happens.
1: <laughs> whatever, let's see what happens? This is
0: literally how this asshole I talks. what's going to happen. Whatever. He's, he like literally is just like, oh, you got me. <laughs> Rats. Later, how about you get me sooner, see? <laughs> later at the police station... He said he considered suicide, and knew he was done once the plumber was called. But then he decided not to. They asked her how he chopped her up, and he said that he didn't remember if he did it all at once because it just wasn't that important to him. Mm-hmm. Literally, this is one of the most non remorseful, like nonchalant, just arrogant. I've, I have, I mean, even the the police, and we'll get to a few quotes. Even the detectives, you could tell that they (laughs) were, like, shocked. He said that he used her torso as a cutting board and had planned on putting the bones in the water, but his quote, he's a procrastinator, and this time it got him.
1: Mm. Oh, man.
0: He also said that he was surprised the torso had floated, which leads me to believe, have you done this before? Yeah. He, he was pretty surprised that Which he, also
1: leads me to believe that he doesn't know that people are buoyant.
0: Well, I think that he tried to weigh her down and he removed uh. the organs, right? So I don't, I don't know. But apparently he was shocked that his Picasso work floated to the top. Mm. He also said that he finally decided to chop her up because she was taking up too much room in the freezer. He then says that his whole plan was foiled by inadequate plumbing, and he this he says this exactly. He says, "Oh, my whole plan was foiled by inadequate plumbing, and that is a shame." And the cops. Oh this is when the God. cops. This is when the cops literally were like, "Well, maybe it's a shame for you, yeah, but are you kidding? Like, like negative empathy." This is the part I found super interesting, and I want to be clear about something. We're covering this case because, yes, it's interesting, but also too many times, like people who have a high risk lifestyle mm-hmm. or unfortunately have become addicted to drugs get written off. You know, mm-hmm. everyone's like, oh, well, you shouldn't be doing drugs then you shouldn't be selling your body for sex, right? It, yes, if, maybe if you've made some poor choices, you still don't, it still doesn't give someone the right to violate you and end your life in this way. Yeah. So I just want to be very clear that. My mockery of this complete asshole is not at the expense of Rory's memory. Mm -hmm. It's just so ridiculous. They then get to the point where, you know, they're trying to build the camaraderie. So they offer him lunch. And this is his lunch order. Wendy's triple, no pickles. Icy, no ice. Two value spicy chicken wraps. A grilled chicken Caesar salad. Of which he loses his shit later when they bring it to him and he gets ranch and Caesar. He was like legitimately stoked that he got two different kinds of dressing. That's what he wants. for Again, can you imagine you're in the police station. They just found body parts in your apartment. And you're like you A, have an appetite and B, this is like what we order when we're hammered on the weekend. This is, this is like a Taco and, and Bell that, order. Well, that's
1: yeah, for, for two people and a dog.
0: Which, by the way, I would love to hear comments on this. The most expensive <coughs> DoorDash order that the answer and I have had, that literally people were, their minds were blown, is we ordered Taco Bell one night and it was like $70 <laughs> for two people. And <laughs> part it was because I was a little shit faced and had ordered three of the same value meals. So we yeah. had like nine Taco Supremes. Yep. <laughs> But people couldn't believe it. We had to literally share the receipt with our Only friends.
1: nine. Only nine.
0: Because they were shocked that we literally spent, like, who spends 70 bucks? Speaking of plumbing issues, like, that was uh, a little the, day the next day. This is a
1: newer house. This is a <laughs> pl- proper plumbing.
0: So after Adam gets his feast, which, how how can you sit there and eat this knowing that you literally have, but again, there's no empathy. So I guess. Yeah, that
1: that's how text? you can get away with doing that, honey.
0: Police asked him if he'd ever engaged with sex workers, and he said No. Although he would later admit that he did know Rory, and I read conflicting information about how he knew her, so I just want disclaimer: I did my research. There was a little bit of a difference in what I read, but basically, he had admitted to knowing her some in some way.
1: Okay.
0: Had said at one point he'd taken her out to dinner, and even said she had been to his home a few times, but left on her own will. He also said probably because
1: as soon as she walked in. She saw that garbage. It
0: goes back to that people who are addicted to drugs. And then this oh, man's the predator, yeah. so he's preying on susceptible people, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he knows that she has a weakness. He also said that he knew she was staying in a tent at a nearby park, of which later cell phone pings would show him at that park right around the time that people believe that Rory went missing. The detective asked him, are there other girls that we should be aware of that are missing? He replied, No. At that point, they did show him photos of Rory, including her torso, like body parts. Hmm. And he stated that he didn't want to see the photos anymore. He said that he did not want to see them. And when he was asked if the photos were bothering him, so the, the investigator, maybe we've finally hit on like a shred yeah, of humanity. Maybe, maybe. He said, I don't know. I'm just kind of over it.
1: Well, he, he wants to get back to his triple.
0: He at one point says that he feels no remorse for any of it. And the whole time he admits to cutting her up, but he never admits to killing her. Um, uh, to me, the second part, after we ordered our Big Mac meal, right, or whatever, the Wendy's, other, the Wendy's the other. Not a sponsor. The, uh, not a sponsor. Taco Bell, though, if you want to sponsor us, mm-hmm. we love us some Taco Bell, especially after a Saturday night out. The other part of the interrogation that was pretty wild is that um, he said that he had fielded a request to his l- a lawyer, his lawyer. But his lawyer wasn't interested in it, and he couldn't understand why. And they were like, "Okay, what is your request?" And he says, "Well, I want like an allowance in jail because people aren't going to give me money." He goes, "I'm not expecting a hundred thousand like um, Bobby Pickton, who's the pig killer, which we'll cover him at some point. But Bob, he was a sick fucker. He's the one who would kill women and feed them to the pigs and ugh, ugh. nasty. But he says that he wants like an allowance. So he basically." Is asking for an allowance. He's asking for internet access, a TV. He says, listen, I don't expect to get a jail-free card. I know I'm going to jail, but I just want to be comfortable.
1: Jail? You're going to prison, and no, you're not going to be comfortable.
0: You know who else would like to be comfortable probably in their home with their family who can't be because you fucking killed them? Rory. Is Rory. In July 2018, seven months after his initial arrest... They were finally able to identify the secondary DNA in his apartment, which belonged to another missing girl named Candace Fitzpatrick. Candace was reported missing in 2010 at 18 years old. I I read, again, a little bit of conflicting information. There's a lot of information on this case, which is part of why we're late getting this posted, because I would go down one rabbit hole and er, go to another. (laughs) I did read, though, that her dad had received a job offer around uh, the time she went missing in 2008. Well, they didn't report her as missing yet, so let's step back here. In 2008, her dad received a job offer to move towns, but she wanted to stay back in the Oshawa area. So he said, "Okay." She did have a history similar to Rory, unfortunately, with drug abuse. Crack cocaine was her choice of narcotic. It also wasn't uncommon for her to go missing for like weeks at a time. They did try to report her missing twice between 2008 and 2010. Police wouldn't take the report. They said she's A-18. They have the right to disappear if they want to. And people get all super pissed about this. Like, well, the police should have taken the report. Yes, I understand the frustration. But also, if you, if the police, every person that couldn't be found, they immediately treated as a missing person case do they have the resources? I don't know. So I understand both sides of it. And it's easy for me to say this when it's not my loved one that's missing. So I I get that there's, everyone's got a feeling about that, but I can totally understand how it would be very stressful to the family. So finally in 2010, the police did take a missing person report. Um, She had a similar story, like I said, with Rory that she um, also hung out at the same park where Rory had been apparently living in a tent for a while Candace also lived the same lifestyle, selling her body for drugs, unfortunately. There is a lot of people drawing the correlation between the two that he probably clearly preyed on these women who were unfortunately drug addicted sex workers. This case went to trial, but before trial, it was a mess. He was a fucking asshole. He would laugh in the courtroom. This man is a monster. He would laugh in the courtroom. He would refuse to leave his cell. Sometimes they would have to. Eventually, he was appearing virtually. He would refuse to leave his cell. The judge had to mandate him to actually come into the courtroom then. Just a mess. And these poor families this whole time, they're just wanting justice. And then on top of that, you have Rory's family who at least has something to bury. Mm -hmm. But they're seeking justice and having to live through this. You have Candace's family who... They don't know where she's at at this point, and he hasn't told them where her body is. All they have is her DNA on that Wyoming knife. And this this dickhead is just being a total jerk. In September uh, 28th of 2020, the trial began. The court details were very gruesome. I think we've already gone in enough detail about the brutality of this, so I'm not going to... There is even worse information that was shared during the trial. I don't think that we need to go into that. Again, if you'd like to look it up, We'll link our sources. Happy digging. He was charged with two counts of first-degree murder. Initially, he had been charged, like I said, with improper and decent interference with the body. That was later dropped, though, Mm -hmm. and they just decided to pursue the two first-degree murders. Oh,
1: yeah, might as well, because that's what it is.
0: Exactly. During the trial, again, a lot of details we've already talked about came to light. There were also five women who testified against him, saying that they were victims of sexual abuse. They said that he had um, a contraction that he would use to restrain them, and he was extremely abusive and would sexually assault them. Which good, like good looking out for those women and congr- like having the strength to be able to come forward and do yeah. that is tremendous, especially to help the case. So that's pretty phenomenal. So can, those women that had the strength to do that, um, I don't know if I would have that. So I, I commend you for doing that. During the trial, his lawyers conceded that there was sufficient evidence to prove that he dismembered the women, but argued that he did not murder them. (laughs) Come on. That was the big thing. He would never admit to murdering murdering them, only dismemberment. There were some theories that, you know, that maybe they had died at his apartment and he panicked. And, you know, these were things that were floated out by the defense. Like, well, maybe, well, why don't you just ask him? He's right there. It was pretty ridiculous. I mean, also, I'm sure this lawyer, I, don't, I could never be a defense attorney because for every case you get where you do get to actually help somebody who is unfairly accused, you got this guy who is like, hey, I'm going to need a Lazy Boy and a microwave and whatever in my cell.
1: and Some bagel bites.
0: Yeah. So again, they theorize that maybe it was a drug overdose. What the prosecution essentially laid out is that he went to the park that day Right. We talked about how the, his cell phone, cell phone ping, pink. it triangulated him around that area, that he probably hired her for sex. And they, they kind of figured this played out like parallel with each girl, right? Mm-hmm. Hired her for sex, brought her back to the home, unfortunately probably kept her there for a little bit. And you know, remember that the neighbors didn't move into the 25th, and they theorized that she was probably murdered on the 24th. So there was nobody upstairs to hear anything, mm. which this piece of shit probably knew that. And then they say that she he dismembered the body, right? Everything we've yep. already talked about. That was the prosecution's theory. Also, I should point out that his lawyer asked for a trial by judge, not jury, which you can do that. So instead of having a jury decide his fate, they instead asked just for a judge to hmm. decide his fate, which is smart. Typically, we'll see that in cases where you need to someone who can be Truly objective, and I get that on a jury, they're told that you need to be objective and look at the facts. We're also human beings, yep, and it's really hard to separate that sometimes. So I think that that is part of why they wanted a trial by judge because they didn't want to risk it with, you know, the humanity that the jury has. That clearly, this man Adam does. Oh
1: oh, come on, you know what this? Know what our family motto is?
0: Yeah, no risk, no biscuit. Boom. In this case. In his decision, Ontario Superior Court Justice Joseph DeLuca concluded that Rory was likely killed in Adam's bedroom where blood spatter was found on the walls, ceiling, and yep. other items. Yep. He said the evidence suggests that there was a bloodletting event in Strong's bedroom and the amount of blood found on a spreader bar, which is, you know, a sex toy used for bondage activities, indicates that she was likely restrained when she was killed. This is so sad. Like, And she was pregnant at the time. Reported, supposedly. Not saying it was false. Just remember that that's that's a point. You know, most places I've read said she was, but just.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: He also said the injuries found during her autopsy indicate that she was repeatedly struck in the head and face with a hard blunt object, such as a hammer. While Candace's body was never located. Her DNA, like I said, was found on that Wyoming hunting knife during a search of the unit following the location of Rory's remains. DeLuca said that he was satisfied beyond a reasonable doubt that Adam had sexually assaulted and murdered Rory, who again was believed to have been pregnant at the time. He was also, though, so Member Strong was charged with first-degree murder for Candace and Rory. Mm -hmm. I get this. Um, DeLuca said that basically... He couldn't get him, he couldn't charge him with first degree murder or find him guilty of first degree murder for Candace. There's insufficient evidence to prove that he had intended to kill her. So, our first degree is like premeditated, Mm -hmm. saying that it was only clear that he had unlawfully caused her death. So, he did find her guilty, um, find him guilty of manslaughter, but not of first degree murder. Okay. In jail, Finally, in 2021, um, around July-ish, Strong told a prison staff member that he knew where Candace's remains were. In July 2021, he gave a tip-off as the location of the remains of Candace. And I remember 4th of 2021, so like a year ago, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. he accompanied police and pointed to a general area where her remains were located, namely by a clearing um, by a tree line, that was in Oshawa police located her remains on November 8th Wow. and they were able to identify her um, and February 16th, 2022 is when then they officially through DNA testing were able to confirm that it was Candace, not ideal, but at least the family now has that
1: has that closure? bit of
0: closure. And I tried to find what made him decide to tell this information. I couldn't find specifics my gut reaction is that he probably tried to like finagle a deal. Yeah. Like, Oh, if you give me an Instapot, then I'll tell yep. you where Listen. she's at. Yeah, there's no way.
1: So he can make that hooch.
0: There's no way that he was laying in bed one night and all of a sudden, like a morsel of a fucking conscience popped up and he's yeah. like, you know, let me give this family some closure. If anybody's out there listening and they know what I would love to know. What yeah. That'd be
1: great. Comment to all of
0: because there's no way he did that without getting something in return. This is a bit recent, but um, within the last couple of months, contractors were doing work on the home. They should just burn that fucking house to the ground. Yeah. I know the homeowner probably doesn't hear that. but
1: um, <laughs> He probably agrees in some, sm- some, some small morsel. If you live in
0: Oshawa, please don't go burn the house to no. the ground. We don't want that on our reviews. Um, but apparently the contractor had found suspicious-looking clothing. I couldn't find much on it, but again, I would be shocked. I, mean, I think we all would be shocked. If Rory and Candace were the only two.
1: Yeah. There could easily be more.
0: Especially because there was like a 10-year gap between yeah. when Candace went missing and when Rory was found. There's no way someone this sick is going to just be dormant.
1: And he lived there 14 years. Yeah. So there could easily be a lot of stuff happening in between the times of, the, of those two. And even before Candace.
0: Yeah. So this story, like I said, is important and we wanted to share it. Because it is unfortunate that people do fall victim to drugs, to the high-risk lifestyle, try to support their habit. That doesn't mean that they are any less deserving of justice, and Mm -hmm. those stories need to be told as well. That is the case of Adam Strong. I will say this. I hope he's in solitary, because you just killed a held angel's niece. Oh, yeah.
1: Maybe maybe that's why. Satan's motor Maybe if, that's why he told maybe to try and get some sort of protection.
0: Print, print, well, that was Candace. Remember, it was oh. Rory's uncle and dad okay. or grandpa okay, okay. that were in the motorcycle clubs. But I, I, first of all, child killer or even potentially pregnant mm-hmm. motorcycle club. There's know. a
1: lot of things that could go
0: wrong. A lot of things could go very, very wrong for our friend Adam outside of his microwave just not working.
1: Yeah just bang it on the side a couple times
0: that's the case for today thank you for the actually it was a suggestion as well so appreciate the the request and the suggestion from our listener again we would love it if you could leave a review or a rating and if you don't want to that's okay too it just makes us feel good we're doing this because it's our passion but it helps us and it makes us feel good knowing that you are also enjoying it as well all right so as always Remember to treat yourselves and each other with love, kindness, and respect. I am K-Mac.
1: I am, of course, the answer.
0: Good, Good night. night.